Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. And today, another first. We've got our first magician on the show. And you guys are going to love this discussion because not only is it Dan Chan, but also we're going to talk about his son, James, and how they are just in the, the magic space. And Dan, it is so great to have you on the podcast. Justin, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I could not wait for this one. I told you before I hit record that I have really come to love magic. And I don't even I, I don't even understand how someone gets into the space. I, I, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. And you and your background are unbelievable. For those who don't know Dan Chan, master magician based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. Dan is one of the top like corporate mag- magicians. I, I mean, um, amazing the events you performed at. And then I don't know if you guys have, have heard of Dan, but if you worked for one of these companies, you've probably met him. I got to read the client list, right, Dan? Here we go. The 49ers, 7-Eleven, Adobe, AdSymbol, Airbnb, Apple, Audi, Baidu, Bank of America, BitTorrent, BuzzFeed, BMC, BMW, Charles Schwab, Chevron, Cloudfair, Cisco, Docomo, Innovations, eBay, Facebook, First Republic Bank, Golden State Warriors, Google, HP, IBM, Intel, Kleiner Perkins, Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, Nokia, <sighs> Novartis, NVIDIA, Oakland Athletics, Oracle, PayPal, Pfizer, Pitney Bowes, Quora, Roche, Sequoia Capital, San Francisco Giants, yeah, small baseball team in the Bay Area, Shutterfly, SoftBank, Sony PlayStation, Specialized Bicycle, Thumbtack, United Airlines, yeah, amazing, USMC, um, Marine Corps, I'm guessing that is, Wells Fargo, Wild Aid, Yahoo, Zuckerberg, San Francisco General Hospital, I mean, like, every company in the Bay Area. Okay, Dan, how does this happen? Well, first of all, it's knowing it's possible and going for low-hanging fruit in the beginning and then pivoting. So, I was told uh, by the first person I saw perform, one of the first persons I saw perform, I was doing a balloon twisting and I was tipped $10. And the gentleman by the name of Jarrell Joseph told me that he was making something like $250 a show. And when I talked to motivational people, they said, map it all out. So if it was $250 a show, I would need to do four shows a week and make $52,000 a year. And that's about four hours of performance time and everything else on the side on research was fun. And it was pretty much like a tax write-off. I would buy a lot of toys. So I knew I could do easily double that amount. So that's a hundred thousand a year, which is not a lot in the Bay area, to be honest with you. Um, now I'm doing way more than that in terms of dollar volume, because I've worked for guys like, um, Andy Rubin, I've worked for founders of Google and Yahoo and um, Google alone has hired me 25 plus times. So it's, it's all about mapping everything out and finding out what's your end goal and what are the little steps that you need to, um, what are the milestones that you need to hit to make that end goal? Okay. I love that. So let's unpack this a little bit. So for those that are listening that have never, you know, been in the entertainment space, or they've just seen, you know, um, amazing magic on TV or at a show in Vegas or something. How does one even start to get in this space for you? What was your story, and like, what was it about your background that you decided? You know, I think I'm going to go and, and and get into magic and learn all these different tricks. Well, there's a magic shop in San Francisco called uh, Misdirections Magic Shop, and Jill Pond had lectures once a month for many years. And I would go to every single one of the lectures. It would be 30 or $40 a lecture for members. 
And there are also uh, three or four magic clubs that have been real supportive, bringing in lectures as well. I, I also worked at a magic shop, and I want to give some uh, shout out to Jody. Uh, when I worked at Great Malls Magic Max, um, he he really started me off. He showed me a lot of the good stuff. And how did you know that you were? <laughs> and this is going to sound dumb, but how did you know that you were good, or you know that you're you were evolving your craft? Does that make sense? How did you gauge how you were doing in that spectrum? Well, I just did a good competitor analysis, and I saw that so many people were ahead of me, so I knew I wasn't good. <laughs> but that's <laughs> one of the things is I saw the guys who were good charging. Eight hundred dollars to twelve, twelve fifty, or back in the day I, when I was just starting off, still living at home, I, I called all my competitors and I did a competitor analysis and saw what they were doing, and I was like, I didn't have the confidence to charge what they were charging, but I said to myself, I'm going to learn juggling and I'm going to learn balloon sculpting, and I kind of attacked it from the side angle. I would juggle three, four, and five balls, three flaming torches. I added skill sets like pickpocketing. I was a balloon twister. Now my wife is one of the world's best balloon twisters. She's kind of put me out of business. <laughs> Wait, but was she always wanting to get into magic too, or was it just it happened because you're in it? Well, I met her at a nightclub <laughs> in Shanghai 1930. My brother in was supposed to meet her and some of her friends. Okay. And I asked if I could come along. Wow. She said to me, uh, she said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a magician. And she said, really, what do you do for a living? And I said, I'm a magician. And then she said, show me a <laughs> show card. Show me trick. something. I had, her sign, <laughs> yep. I had her sign her name and phone number across the face of a card. Yeah. And that's history. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> okay, so as you were coming up through learning and going to the workshops and whatnot, did you have any early favorite tricks? You know, kind of your go-to standard top three to four or five things that you know were kind of the home runs for you to begin with. Yeah, um, changing one dollar bills into hundred dollar bills, and then this um, a card trick where the card jumps up to the top of the deck. It's called an ambitious card. But I have variations that even if you know what the trick is, as magicians, a lot of them, I have variations so I can fool even the magicians in the audience. That is really pretty cool. That is amazing. And then what, as you've grown your craft, you know, what have been more, some of the more challenging uh, things that you've learned and then been able to bring to life with some of your big clients? Believe it or not, magic is pretty simple. It's a step-by-step -step thing, but there's typically no clear path to figuring out what I figured out. So that's why I'm kind of wanting to franchise what I do do, because I realize that I've spent over $100,000 easily on books and DVDs, and I only use probably $1,000 worth of the stuff that I've learned. So I realize that in terms of sleight of hand, I can summarize which books, which DVDs are the most essential and all the other stuff is crap. But I had to sift through all that crap in order to find out what it is to be the best and what it is to give my clients the best. Wow. Okay. So talk about you as a brand and, and kind of a business beyond just doing the shows and the events like you've really started if you if like if you look at your site and the kind of other things you're doing you're really building a brand and almost entertainment product you know what i'm saying yes so i first started off as dan chan the balloon man or and then dan chan magic man then dan chan master magician then dan chan billionaire's magician and i use that sparingly because i don't want people to think that it's arrogance that is putting me there on the billionaires magician side, but I've performed for countless billionaires 
Um, quite often, I can't disclose it. I have non-disclosure agreements in place with certain ones that have hired me. But building that is all about leverage and then seeing where you want to go. The first time I even thought about um, being the billionaire's magician was when I saw a magician by the name of Steve Cohen. He labeled himself as the millionaire's magician. I said, you just have to say it. Right. speaking into being right. <laughs> and i because why not that. right <laughs> no one was chasing that i think there's one other person in like dubai uh he, it pops up as billionaires magician but i truly have performed for the founders of google they're billionaires um many of the other guys that i've performed for are in the hundred million range there's a lot of guys out in asia that are four billion that i've performed for and i that's why i wanted to kind of tap into that market because then i can finally get them to invest in my brand i'm i'm right now trying to start um a permanent pop-up dinner show wow and then would that be in san francisco or where would that be well, I'd love to for it to be in Palo Alto, but right now it's a pop-up and we want to transition from a pop-up into a permanent venue with a secret entrance and things like that. But I'm just mapping it out, showing enough traction and also bringing enough people onto my team. And I think that's going to take a long time. I, I look at things in terms of not what you can accomplish in one year, but what it would take in terms of 10 years. And that's why I've been pushing for television. I realize that I don't like what I see and hear so I've been cultivating my son. He's been on Tiffany Haddish's Kids Say the Darndest Things, producing Tiffany out of a large box. And that was pretty amazing experience. Uh, national television for my son, who was 11 years old at the time. That's amazing. Now he's 12. Yeah. So for those that don't know, um, Dan's son, James, uh, 11 years old, um, and also a magician and some amazing tricks. I love the videos that you sent me um, that are online if you guys want to check it out. But how did he, did you decide to get James into magic or did he say, you know, I think I like this. I'd like to learn this as well. How did that even start? I forced him into the business. I salaried <laughs> nice. him on pretty early on. Perfect. Uh, once he started um, really being a part of the business. Before he was born, I was, I knew I was going to bring both of my kids into show business at least not so much that they would do. I didn't know about my daughter because like, I didn't want her crashing parties without doing something because we're at these really high end events. So I was like, this is going to be James, the juggler and amazing grace. I love the song amazing grace. And I like the book of James in the Bible. So I just said, Hey, this is what we're going to plan out before they were born. I kind of like taught a lot of kids how to juggle because I knew I was going to teach my son. And I knew that if he was going to walk up to a crowd and say, Hey, would you like to see a, a magic trick? People would typically say no. But if he was out on the streets, because I knew we were going to get out on the streets to perform, to hone our craft because I needed to teach him and we needed a safe place to fail. So we went out to the streets of Palo Alto in front of cream and in front of salt and straw. And we would try all our new tricks and fail out there versus failing when someone's paying us 500 or a thousand dollars to be at their event. You can't fail when they're paying you the big bucks. So it's all about finding that safe space to fail. You know, before we hit record, you mentioned there's been some people along the way that have been coaches, good coaches and mentors to you. And you don't have to give those names out if you don't want to, but talk about the importance of that, especially in this space. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really thankful that there are a lot of people who did not, um, look at me as a threat, but they were just really good with information or at least telling me uh, they were open with a lot of information. Jay Alexander, Peter Morrison, uh, those two guys were really instrumental in just giving me pretty good advice. 
on um, on pricing, on how to value myself, my services. Uh, Pierre Morrison said, you can't be the guy who's doing the $250 birthday parties and then being the $1,000 corporate. Uh, so true. Guy. So true. Yeah. I, I mean, I broke the rule a couple times recently. <laughs> like I, I performed a couple of kids' birthday parties, but that was like for the 11th employee of Google. Right. Um, like when they're paying $1,000, I would say yes to it. I, I work for BizStone of Twitter, uh, F. Williams of Twitter. But in, for the most part, I've pretty much gotten rid of all my kids' birthday parties. I'll send my son uh, son out for $100 versus me going out for 500 or more. I'd rather give him the experience because I don't need that anymore. I'd rather grow my team and then focus in on where I want to go long-term because I want to create something theatrical. And jumping back and forth in terms of character, a lot of times if I'm a kid's show, I'm this weird, wacky character. And then when I'm at a corporate event, I'm You're the this professional sophisticated, sleight of hand guy. Yep. Yeah. And you almost become bipolar if you end up trying to do both things uh, sure. too often because you're jumping back and forth between your characters. And it's hard, it's hard filtering what you're going to say when you're doing the, going back and forth too often. So do you teach others or, and, if, if so, how does that work? Or, you know, if people are listening and they're like, gosh, I'd really like to, you know, I've always wanted to get into this space. Like, what's a good starting point? Yeah. Um, I do Skype sessions with people, uh, but I, I take people on by application only. I value my time, so I don't do that too often. If people have a specific goal in mind or they can explain to me why I should be their mentor, I will take them on. But it's very limited in the amount of, um, people that I'm taking on. I'm saying no more often because um, the secrets of success is focus and the secret of focus is saying no. So I'm really a proponent of saying no to a lot of opportunities. My word of the year is focus. Um, I, I totally get that. Now, so you, you also, before we hit record, you you asked me about this podcast and you said, so where, what's the the big idea, you know, in two or three, four or five years, like, where do you see this? And I'll, I'll flip that back around on you. So in a couple of years, where do you see your business? What, what's the ideal future state for you? So I've planned out a couple of things. One would be um, reality television or documentary on my son. And that is the first season of that would be mapped out following us through the circus center and the magic shop. And seeing what it is to live in a family of entertainers where my 12-year-olds, it'll be mo more focused on my kids. My son's 12, juggles three, four, five balls, three flaming torches, picks pockets. Um, and then they would follow our journey of the first year kind of just in the Bay Area and doing local gigs. Second year, we would be traveling to Europe, street performing and trying to just experience Europe. And people would follow us on a journey because they want to see who we are as a family and the doors it opens. Um, we, we've already talked to someone with regards to, uh, making a documentary at first I was going to, uh, fund that myself, but I found out that people are giving me these astronomical quotes for very oh, short sure. documentaries at $30,000 sure. to other people talking about $250,000 to follow wow. me for a year, year or more. Wow. Yeah. Plus editing. I'd keep growing your brand and it may follow you, you know, that's pretty exciting. Um, and then how do you get new customers, new events? That are, is it all word of mouth? Or how are you marketing the brand? In the beginning, I would say a lot of it was SEO and uh, really pushing out business cards. But as you become more established in what you do, 
business cards are a very small percentage of anything because people will just follow you on Instagram or Google your name. So it's more about the relationships and being in the present moment instead of always trying to sell people. If you do a stellar job, people are going to ask. And the, I, I used to pass out like hundreds, thousands, if not more business cards every year. Now I pass out like three or four at most an event. And also my business cards are really expensive now. I think the last printing <laughs> nice. of business cards were like 25 cents each business card. Wow. In the past, they were like one, one penny a piece <laughs> a penny. and it looks really great. <laughs> That's great. That's very cool. Well, I... Um... I'm fascinated uh, by your story and your brand. And, and, and when you talk about franchising it, what does that mean to you? Well, there's a couple of different things that we c- we're doing right now is I'm sending out events to people who are passing out my cards so it's scalable. So um, the majority of the events that I pass out are people who have um, put, their, put on their website, my website for the dinner show, where we can kind of scale if I'll split the door with them if they come to my sh- show. Like, if, for example, if they share the bill with me on the show, we'll usually do a revenue split. So it's helping build their brand, helping build my brand, and really cross pollinating ideas. That's awesome. I love that. Well, and you're a creative, um, which I love too. I mean, the ideas I'm sure are constantly flowing. Um, how do you get your ideas for new tricks? Like, where does that come from? Well, a lot of people say, you know, put your personality into your trick. And I'll tell you, I'm not a very creative guy. I can take something from one industry and transfer it to the next. So I'm using what I'm inspired by outside of the magic world. And what inspires me is are people like Simon Sinek and uh, the TED Talks. So I'm creating a show right now that is called Med Talks, which is magic, entertainment, and deception, as opposed to technology, oh, entertainment, cool. and design. You got to like trademark that. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like just riding off the TED bandwagon, I feel a lot of leaders watch TED Talks. They do. So I asked myself, what would a magic show look like TED if talk it were style. a TED Talk? Wow. That's very cool. I love that idea. Yeah, I mean, the whole point is get in and get out. You know, it's brief, but to the point, it's educational or interesting or entertaining in your work, your space. That's pretty cool. This is I, I love your story. I love where it's going. Um, you're you're currently focused on the San Francisco Bay Area. Is that your goal? To continue to kind of have have your hub there, um, and then be able to be flexible in terms of travel and do things elsewhere. What does that look like for you? Well. If I can find some investors with some space, I'd be willing to travel because I feel like I'm a, a natural draw. I can maybe set something up, run a series of shows out in New York or Orlando or Catalina. I would love to do shows in Catalina or someplace closer to water because I've been grinding at this for a long time. And I would love to do my show in the evening, but spearfish in the morning. And I can't do that from the Bay Area. Spearfishing, I, I, I dream Why about spearfishing spear all the time. <laughs> you shoot exactly what you want to shoot and you're putting food on the table and it's that primal instinct where you're, you're catching food and bringing food onto the table. Sure. Well, I think you're the first person that has brought up spearfishing as like something they're passionate about on my podcast. That's awesome. Um, okay, so share with our listeners where they can find you. How can they can engage with you? Where can they check out your content? Where can they find out you know, where you're going to be next? All of that. 
Well, you can get ticketed uh, tickets to the show at BayAreaDinnerShow.com for private events. I'm at DanChanMagic.com. Uh, Instagram at DanChanMagic. On Facebook, I'm DanChanBillionairesMagician. I love that. And I be the first to admit, I haven't had a chance to meet you in person or be at one of your shows. I'm in your area, in the Bay Area regularly, and I cannot wait um, to come and, and check out a show and meet you and I and follow you and... Um, I hope you'll come back on as you continue to grow your family's brand. And I'd love to get the family involved the next go round. That'd be great. Absolutely. Would love to um, set up a show specifically for you. I'm also <laughs> a member of the Magic Castle in Hollywood. So ah! if you're ever in the Hollywood area, you have got an invite um, for Magic Castle passes. Wow. Okay. So, sh- and before we go, share with the audience what that is. In Hollywood, because I'm not sure everyone understands what the Magic Castle is. It's kind of like the Olympic Club meets Bohemian Club or Cl- uh, Club 33. All these are really exclusive clubs, but this one is just in a club for magic, and it's a magical clubhouse with a library, a place to eat, brunch. Uh, it, it's been, uh, I think it's over 50 years now, but uh, it's the Academy of Magical Arts. You can look it up on, uh, online. I believe it's magiccastle.com or magiccastle.org. Well, I'm going to take you up on that. I I, I had heard about it uh, over the last couple of years as I've you know been somewhat fascinated as I shared with you earlier um, with this space, and um, that's very cool. I love that. I'll take you up on it, Dan. This is great, and I really appreciate you coming to the podcast. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for James and your family, and exe- and seeing where this goes for you. Thank you, Justin. Really uh, appreciate giving me this platform to share my vision. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.